Hello and welcome to Legal Talk here on uh, E-Radio with uh, Han and Han Attorneys. We do it every Wednesday morning at 10 o'clock and uh, in case you missed it, it's also available as a podcast on eradiosa.com afterwards, also on our podcast platforms, including Spotify. Today we are talking about uh, food stewards. Can something be sold food stewards to you? And uh, we're joined by Yanush Luterich from Han and Han Attorneys. Hello, Yanush. How's it going? Uh, good. Thank you very much. Yeah, up in... Uh Pretoria, it looks like summer has started, at least for the last few days. It was 29 degrees, I think, today. It's a lovely day looking outside. And uh, yes, things are looking good. Thank you. We've got the last of winter here. And then when it's gone, hopefully spring will be uh, with us uh, tomorrow. (laughs) But uh, today's topic is interesting. We've all seen the word food stewards uh, when we uh, uh, sell, usually when we buy something. Uh, Let's just uh, talk about the concept of food stewards. What is the concept? Sure. Look, as you can probably see from my name, I'm not a vernacular Afrikaans speaker, but obviously I studied law in South Africa. So we were taught the concept of food stewards. And I actually think it comes from Roman Dutch law or Dutch law. And it really means that you're buying the product as you see it, as it is. Somebody told me once food stewards mean something like you kick it, you see what it is and you decide to buy it or not. Uh, But that is the concept. It's a concept in which the seller There's no responsibility. It tells you, you see it there, examine it. You've seen it, you like it. If you buy it, I walk away. Don't come back tomorrow and tell me there's something wrong with it. And that's the concept of food stewards. Yeah, because, uh, you know, that can sometimes go wrong. We'll, we'll talk about that. <laughs> uh, you know, they see it's, it's fine now, but then like two hours later, something happens. And uh, you always wonder if the person who sold it to you was aware of it, the issue that might uh, appear later. But anyway, since there's a, a Consumer Protection Act, Janusz, uh, can goods still be sold food stewards? So the Consumer Protection Act really changed the playing field. You know, up until 2008, 2009, almost everything was sold food stewards, uh, except unless you bought it new from a retail. And then the Consumer Protection Act came around and it really largely abolished the concept of food stewards in a business transaction. And I'll talk about a bit later about what happens in a private person-to-person transaction. But in a business transaction, it was largely abolished. The one example where it's still possible is in an auction. So the Consumer Protection Act says when you buy something at an auction, then you need to be sure that you've looked at it, you've examined it, you're happy with it, and you buy it, it's your problem. The one exception is that of a car. There are some additional rules when a car is sold in auction. And then, of course, the sale of, of a house or other type of property. Okay, so what does the Consumer Protection Act say about food stewards? Yeah, so our Consumer Protection Act was written, funny enough, believe it or not, by a Canadian. And he had obviously never heard of the concept of food stewards. So (laughs) the word food stewards doesn't appear anywhere in, in the Consumer Protection Act. But of course, the Consumer Protection Act deals with the concept that you can't sell somebody goods, whether new or secondhand, as is. 
There are very limited circumstances where you can. And as I spoke about in an earlier uh, program, all goods which are sold, whether new or secondhand, carry a six-month warranty that they will be of good quality and fit for the purpose for which they are sold. Now, that does not mean that a used TV, for example, bought at a pawn shop must be as good as a new one, but it still has to function as a TV and provide good service. Otherwise, you'll be able to return it for a refund or a replacement. So I sometimes get people calling me with a complaint and they've bought something secondhand and they think they're going to buy a product at a secondhand price but get a new one. Effectively, that's what the complaint comes down to. And that's not the case. Nobody says you have to sell people secondhand goods, at, uh, but they must be like new. But they must certainly function. They must work. And, it, and there's an exception, and we'll talk about that exception a bit later. Okay, well, is there ever a, a situation where the Consumer Protection Act or the CPA allows a foot to its clause? So that's what I wanted to get to. Is There is a provision of sorts in the Consumer Protection Act. Because in the CPA, there's a provision that where defects in goods being sold are disclosed in detail. You can't just tell somebody, oh, it's not perfect, it's not quite right, but that's not sufficient. You will need to make a list of the defects. So then those defects that you have specifically disclosed will be excluded from any warranty. But the warranty as such will still apply in all other respects. So let's, take, let's go back to our TV example. So if we take an example of a TV being sold by a big retailer on sale as shop soiled or as a demo unit, you've seen some of the big retailers once a year or twice a year, they put a tent up in the parking and they say, here's all these shop soiled goods. Some of them are goods that were returned by consumers, some things that were opened and when the box was opened, it was broken and they fixed them and they're selling them at a discount. These are shop soiled or demo units. Now, if you bought a TV there, then that TV would fully enjoy protection under the CPA. And there can't be a statement that says, if you buy something in this tent, there's no guarantee because it's on sale. There's no such provision. Our CPA says if you sell something in a business, it has a warranty of six months regardless. The, the time the situation is different, if on your TV there was a note attached to it which says, this TV is a refurbished TV. It has a scratch on the control panel and it has a dented corner. Maybe it will say the volume knob doesn't work or something. Now, if you buy that TV in any case and the notice was on it, you can't come back tomorrow and say, oh, this TV's got a dent on it and a scratch and the volume knob doesn't work. Because when you were being sold it, it was disclosed to you. There was a sticker on the TV and it said what was wrong with it. But you will note that what I'm saying here is it's detailed information. It's not use TV, buy at own risk. It's very specific. There's a scratch, there's a dent, the volume up doesn't work. Mm. If something else goes wrong with the TV unrelated to the things they disclosed, then you're still covered by the warranty. So the power supply goes or or the color disappears and the TV becomes black and white. I don't think it can happen with a modern TV. <laughs> I'm dating myself. What used to happen with these old color Those old tubes. Sony, <laughs> Sony Trinitron or whatever. But then, of course, you can return it yeah. because the reality is it's got nothing to do with the issues that were disclosed. Okay. 
And then, uh, you know, that was the TV now, but uh, what do yeah. we do when it comes to cars, for example? What if I, if, if I buy a second-hand car? Yeah, so a second situation where the CPA allows a footstitch clause is in an auction. So if you buy a second-hand car at an auction, then what happens is that auctioneer has a duty under the CPA to properly advertise the vehicle, provide a time when you can come and inspect it. On that vehicle, they have to have the correct mileage, very important, and any major defects that the seller was aware of. If that is all compliant with and you buy the car at the auction, it's at your own risk. If you're buying a used car at a dealer and the, and the dealer says, look, this is a used car and it's been through such and such a, uh, let's call it a decorate test or whatever the case might be, and there's nothing disclosed, the decorate test says the car is fine. Well, if you drive it out and you get a gearbox problem, you'll be able to return it because there was no indication that there was something wrong with the vehicle. Mm. But if the DECRA report says sticky gearbox, second gear, you buy the car, you drive it, and after a few days you try to return it, you say, gee, the gearbox isn't working properly. I've got bad news for you because you bought the car knowing of the condition. Mm. Then a third one is the property market. And property uh, houses are, in fact, often sold footstools but only where the seller has made a full disclosure of everything that is wrong and has not tried to cover up defects, for example, painting a damp spot over or, uh, you know, just, just dollying something up so it looks like it's covered up. Anything which you leave out of your disclosure and anything that is covered up will be excluded from the footsteps clause, and as the seller, you could still be responsible for fixing that. So although you'll find in property sales contract it says footstools, it will be subject to the disclosure of all the things that you know of that are wrong. Of course, we mustn't fool ourselves. There will be things that I, as a homeowner, don't know are wrong with my house. I'm not a builder. I'm not a plumber. And if those things go wrong later, they will not be covered by the warranty. Uh, maybe this is a bit off topic, but whenever I buy a property, I always get one of these inspecting inspection businesses. There's quite a few of them in South Africa. You pay them, they go out and they do a full inspection report, an independent one on the property. Now you know what the condition is, not what the seller told you, not what the estate agent told you, not what you saw, what an expert saw. And of course, the same would be advisable if you were buying a car. Well, that makes sense. Uh, Janusz, what are the most common pitfalls when consumers buy products secondhand or at markets, for example? Yeah, so this is where we start, things start getting very tricky. And sometimes, you know, people call me, they see my number on the internet and they've bought something and they've got a problem. And firstly, people need to understand that this Consumer Protection Act, the CPA, is a business to consumer law. It protects consumers when they're dealing with a business. It doesn't protect you in a situation where one private individual buys something from another private individual in any sort of setting. So person-to-person -person sales are not covered by the CPA and, in fact, would be footstools if you want to call it that. But, of course, if you're a buyer and you were lied to or deceived, a person sold you a car, they just topped up the oil, they took some, I don't know if there's still people still do it, took some old that green sunlight soap and rubbed it over the oil leak so that it clogs it for a while so it looks like the car's not leaking, sure. then you would still have a 
you'd still have a claim against them, but it wouldn't be a CPA claim. The, the CPA would not apply to such a transaction, but you would have a normal claim, like a, you could maybe go to small claims court or if the claim is big enough to a normal court. Uh, more, so examples of where these types of things happen are in flea markets. So you find somebody has a table and they're selling things. You buy it, you get it as is. Don't go back and try and claim there's a warranty or anything like that. Trickier are online marketplaces, and I will deal with it in a minute, online auction sites, Facebook marketplace, these types of places with your private individual selling, but through some sort of platform. And you may believe you're buying from a business, but you're not. You're just buying from another private individual. Yeah. More common than the above is the problem of online purchases as such, where the website is a business website. So you think you're protected by the CPA, but in fact, it's a foreign website. It often ends with .com or .something else, not .co.za. And the seller is based overseas and drop ships to you. So you go online, you log in, you create an account, you buy something with your credit card. And some guy sends you something from Bulgaria or from China or from the USA. The problem you have here is you're on your own. You have virtually no recourse. Because how would you? Our authorities have got no say over somebody sitting in a foreign country. And the chances are no one over there will care about your complaint either. So when you purchase on those types of websites, it's possible that... If you catch the problem soon enough, you can get your credit card company, if you paid with a credit card, to reverse the transaction. But that is not that common, although it is possible. And examples of, of these types of websites I'm talking about, for example, Alibaba and eBay, where you can buy from a private individual that's selling things on an auction. And of course, online sellers might be companies like Amazon or many others which are selling online as a business. Now, I'm not saying that there's any issues specifically with Alibaba or eBay or Amazon, and I buy from them all the time without any difficulty. But if you do have a problem, then you, and you're outside the website's protected transactions, so some of them offer their own warranty to make sure that correct goods are delivered, etc. So if you buy something and it's not what it's supposed to be, the actual website will guarantee it for you. It's not a CPA guarantee. Uh, but otherwise, you're on your own, and the seller is far, far away and out mm -hmm. of reach. I mean, I know somebody that ordered an electric scooter, and when they got delivery, it was a pink purse, a girl's pink purse. What? And when it, <laughs> uh, and the, the, so the reason was that they could, the seller claimed, oh, he made a mistake. So you couldn't lo lodge a complaint of fraud. Because if they'd sent you nothing, you could probably lodge a complaint of fraud. But because they sent you this pink purse, all he says is, oh, sorry, I sent you the wrong thing. So, you know, and that thing you're dealing with these international sellers, and it's very difficult to resolve it. Another one is private sales on an online marketplace, and they could even be in South Africa. But the transaction is still a private person to private person sale using the mechanism of the website. Uh, bid or buy is such a platform. So although the things you're buying on bid or buy would not be covered by the CPA, bid or buy actually warranties up to a certain value any product sold on their website. But that is their warranty to you, not a CPA warranty. If you purchase from online stores in South Africa and it, the seller is a company in South Africa, 
then you are protected by the CPA. So if you order from Macro or Take a Lot or one of these businesses where they are selling their own goods, then in fact the CPT, CPA protects you. But so does the so-called ECT Act. ECT stands for Electronic Communications and Transactions Act. And that law is actually even better than the Consumer Protection Act because it allows you to claim a refund within seven days of receiving the product. The only thing you have to pay for is the shipping costs to send the product back, but it has to be unused and unopened. So whereas the CPA doesn't allow a change my mind return, the ECT does because you've never seen the product. All you've seen is a picture on the internet. I didn't even know about the ECT Act, so that's very, very interesting. Also wanted to just quickly mention, uh, Janusz, uh, I've seen some uh, websites that do end on .co.za, but it's just uh, a, a, a domain that diverts to an overseas site. So you could think, in, in essence, uh, that you are buying from a South African site when, in fact, it's actually from an overseas site without knowing. No, so that is very risky. And of course, online shopping does have those risks. Uh, we are limited in South Africa that not everything can be purchased here. So we are sometimes forced to buy things overseas. But then you carry the risk because realistically, let's face it, what are you going to do when the man in Shanghai just doesn't answer your emails anymore and that's the end of it? <laughs> I'm still thinking about the person who got the pink purse. I mean, that what a what a. Yeah. I mean, it's not even close to what uh, the other person ordered. Um, but yeah. uh, the good but news. I'm, of, I'm, but I'm sure I'm, I'm sure you've heard of the cases where people are purchasing from these online sites and there's a photo of a product. Yeah. And when they order it, it arrives and it's the size of your thumb. Yeah. It's well, actually the size of the photo. Yeah, it's a toy. <laughs> You think you're yeah. getting a scooter, then you get a toy, a little uh, small. Yeah. <laughs> oh, that's 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 quite funny. But anyway, the good news, of course, is that Amazon is is looking at coming to South Africa pretty soon. So that will help a lot as well if you love uh, ordering from Amazon. Um, well, well, I must tell you, Ian, I must tell you, my last transaction I did on Amazon on my credit card statement, it showed Amazon Milneton ZA. Ooh. So they are already processing patents payments in South Africa. Ah, uh, thank you for mentioning that. That's very interesting, yeah. Because they're very low-key about it. But, I mean, uh, the media outlets, they uh, sniffing and seeing all the signs and uh, checking the domains. Looks like they're definitely uh, ready to launch full-on soon. And I wonder how uh, Take-A-Lot is feeling about this. But anyway... Yeah, that's another, our next episode. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Okay, so what would you say, Janusz, is the takeaway message today to all buyers and sellers? Sure. So if you're a seller of secondhand goods and you would like to be as foot stewards as possible, you must do a full disclosure of all the defects when you're selling a product. Because then the consumer cannot come back with one of those defects and say, I don't want this product the volume knob doesn't work because you can simply then take them and show them when you bought it, it said the volume knob doesn't work. The other thing to be very careful of is private transactions because they, of course, can be foot stewards and don't be misled or deceived because the buyer will have a claim against you. If you Sorry, don't mislead or deceive the buyer as they will have a claim against you. The claim won't be under the CPA, but they might be able to take it to the small claims court or if the case is big enough to the magistrate's court. Uh, and of course, remember this saying, in, in, there's no free lunch. So if you're buying a product from a business and the price is higher, 
um, this is an important thing to understand, is they carry more risk. Because if you've bought it from a business, there's something wrong, you can take it back. If you bought the same thing privately, you think you've saved money because you bought it from the guy directly. Yes, you saved money. But if there's a problem, what are you going to do about it? Exactly. Yanuj, thank you so much. This was very, very uh, valuable information today. We thank you for your time and uh, sharing your knowledge with us. And uh, if listeners want to get in touch with you, how do we uh, do that? Sure. So our website is www.harnlaw.co.za. And if you look on the website, you'll see the relevant contact people for the fields of law that you may be interested in. Thank you very much, Ian. Big thank you to you. Until next time. Thank you so much. Are you or your business in trouble and struggling to find a solution? Call Hahn & Hahn Attorneys as we assist clients in finding solutions. We specialize in consumer and food law, commercial and construction law, forensic investigations and administrative law. Visit hahnlaw.co.za. That's H-A-H-N. We assist clients nationwide. Hahn & Hahn Attorneys. Because we care. Don't miss Legal Talk with Hahn & Hahn Attorneys Wednesday mornings at 10 on E-Radio.